Hello everybody and welcome once again to The Brink as we bring you episode 12 of the rebooted and reformatted Brinkalicious podcast that you have grown to love and know so much. Consecutive weeks are just ticking along as well. It's good to be back into a rhythm and as always we have lots of rhythm to come your way today. Guests, memories and Everything else that we can poke and brink and stick at and don't worry, wow, this is news, that is news, whatever the hell we call it, is back this week. I know a lot of people are like, where was it last week? We missed it. It's coming back this week, so you can get excited. Uh, big shout out to all our listeners from around the world. We always take this opportunity to say hello, say good day to all those people listening at various parts of the globe. And once again, uh, 25%... Uh, of people listening in the last week have come from a little town called Mountain View in California, and I've had to I've had to study into this because I've never heard of Mountain View before until we basically saw it on our map that this is where people were listening from. It's it's in the Santa Clara County of California it has a population of around seventy five thousand people, and uh, its mayor is Ken Rosenberg, and I'm sure Ken is one of the twenty five percent of people who listen to the show. So have to take this opportunity to say hello to everybody listening in Mountain View. Keep it up, Ken. If you're listening, send us a message. We'd love to get you on the show. Why not? We can talk about how great Mountain View is. And why apparently the brink appeals to it so much, because I honestly would really like to know that, and I'm sure all our listeners would at the same time as well. <laughs> had this guy on the last couple of weeks on the brink. Uh, last week we had him in person, and this week we've gone back to putting him over a computer because apparently I didn't like the side of him or he didn't like the side of me. I don't know. It's Paul Luttrell. Paul, welcome back to the brink. Yeah. Good to be here. It's good, good to have you back. Um, again, distance via the internet. That's a, that's a good thing, I guess. Just, um, you know, couldn't handle being back in that studio for much longer. Or, I mean, is that how it worked? Yeah, you don't have to smell me now, so True. that's okay. Yeah, yeah, that was the problem I had. It's kind of, you know, until yeah. Skype introduces Smellotron or something along those lines, uh, yeah. I think we're pretty safe. But, uh, look, you know, stuff happens in a week. Stuff happens generally every day. Um, you and I seem to like to talk about that certain person who's in control of that place over the Pacific, uh, Mr. Trump. Um, it's actually kind of almost been a bit quiet in the last few days with him, at least, um, at least at the time of recording this. I mean, in between recording and releasing, if he's like, destroy the world, then sorry. But, um, I mean, yeah. he hasn't really done much this week, has he? Yeah, nothing huge, but I think it's more just um, the people who are actually getting sworn in into certain positions now that's kind of... He hasn't hasn't done anything big himself, anything crazy, but it's kind of just gradually all coming together. I think. All coming together. What what do you think? It's all coming together to towards what exactly? I mean, the the end of civilization as we know it. Uh, I just think it's it's coming together where essentially certain people are going to be very very marginalised. I think, um, mm-hmm. yeah, certain minorities. Um, but yeah, I think also just. The it's Betsy DeVos or something. She was the most recently sworn in um, head of education or so, of public education, and she's basically doesn't want. She wants to cut funding for public education in schools. So yeah, that's that's not good. There you go. You're not going to have. It's not good for uh, for people who are essentially in school. Below, living below the poverty line or, or whatever or, right. or just can't afford public or private education. I like the fact that uh, this whole situation with the phone call a couple of weeks ago with Turnbull or as they like to oh, call yeah, him Trumbull, 
um, seems to be doing the round still. And, you know, a lot of the comedy shows have been having a field day with it. I know Saturday Night Live did a bit of a skit with it. Uh, Stephen Colbert did something with it. The Daily Show were basically saying, like, hey, don't go to water with Australia. Um, and then Turnbull basically has come out and really done not a lot about it and then decided to yell at Bill Shorten in the meantime. So, um, I mean, what's going on there? I mean, are we, are we about to go to war with America? I mean, that would be a pretty fun time, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, I don't think I don't think that will it'll come to that. But that's this is what happens when you basically back yourself into a corner like that, like the Liberals in Australia have done, where they basically run most of their campaign on, yeah, we're going to stop the boats and we're going to make sure that there aren't too many refugees coming into Australia. If you if your policy is that we're going to give lots of them to America, and then Trump comes into power and is essentially saying, no, we're not going to take anyone, then you screw yourself over a little bit. So I don't think I don't know what Malcolm Turnbull was supposed to do. I think that's what he had to do, really. Um, but it's good to see someone standing up to, to Trump anyway, even if it's for a shitty cause. But I still. couldn't imagine just how terrified Turnbull would have been in that phone call. Could you just imagine, like, you know, you've just had this cool, relaxed dude in office. It's like, yeah, no worries, yeah. Australia. Send us a bunch of your refugees. It's fine. It's whatever. We're happy to help. Then in comes, like, this big Brutus guy who's basically like, build a wall, block everyone out, you know, don't let Muslims in. And you're just like, uh, m- m- Mr. Trump, it's about those refugees. Like, I mean, he would have been absolutely yeah. shitting so- himself. Yeah, especially when it's someone so unpredictable and yeah, just unstable like Trump who could probably just hold a grudge and basically just do something just ridiculous just just based off that. If it's someone who's actually um, somewhat diplomatic and understands politics and the relationships built between nations, then you'd say, yep, they're going to do the rational thing. But Trump could just hold hold a personal vendetta against Turnbull and do something ridiculous. Well, I just think it was funny that, as I said, that, you know, during the week, Turnbull, you know, let flight Bill Shorten, you know, I think that's the angriest I've ever seen Malcolm Turnbull. And yeah. I just thought it was hilarious because, I mean, of all the people he decided to take his rage on, it's it's a guy who's just going to sit there and not really do anything. No offence to Bill Shorten, but I mean, he kind of picked yeah. a bit of an easy target, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. It's... Uh, I guess I, I guess you're supposed to direct your rage against the opposition, but uh, it's probably not the person that he's angry with. So. I did have to laugh, though. I saw on uh, Facebook the Australian after uh, Turnbull had that rant. You know, they've gone up and they've said, oh, it's not just Malcolm Turnbull who's gotten a bit angry in Parliament. Let's take a look at some classic times the Prime Minister lost their cool. So, of course, you've got Paul Keating, of course, <laughs> famously. You know, Julia Gillard, the misogyny speech, all that. And they have this one clip of Tony Abbott. I can't even remember what he said. He said, like, three words to Bill Shorten, and they claimed that that was Tony Abbott losing his call. Now, I mean, this is the guy who, when interviewed about something a couple of years ago, stood still and stared at a reporter uncomfortably for five minutes. I know Tony Abbott used to be yeah. a boxer, but, I mean, he's like, ah, ah Bill, you're, you're an idiot. Like, that's basically what it was. Yeah, but there were lots of times when Tony Abbott went ridiculous. When Barack Obama came down for just visiting Australia, he got in there and started laying into Julia Gillard right in front of um, Barack Obama and everyone was saying how classless it was and everything. So they would have had heaps of footage on him. I don't know why they would have chosen that. I'm surprised that Bob Hawke wasn't in there. He was... uh, Total a hothead. They just they just like to picture Bob at the cricket once a year, sculling a beer for the entire SCG to um to watch. That's just the image we want apparently of Hawk. I'm surprised they didn't put more Keating in there. I mean, love him or hate him, just I mean that guy was just amazing to watch when he would go off on his little rants. 
Yeah. Yeah, fun. I, I mean, I, I, I would like to see how a lot of these politicians would have gone. Imagine Paul Keating on Twitter. Like, I mean, Trump uses Twitter like he's little... I don't know. Like, he, I mean, he's come out and said, basically, look, you know, this is the one way I can get my message out. You know, I know the media won't manipulate that. I mean, look, wh- what, no matter what your opinion on Trump is, I guess, in a way, that's a fair enough point. Fair enough. Nobody can manipulate his tweets. That's coming straight from Trump. But, I mean, he loves his Twitter, doesn't he? I mean, the president of the United States of America is basically tweeting like a 13-year-old old girl yeah exactly it's probably it's not a good thing it's definitely not a good thing if you're someone who holds that amount of power you probably want to have somewhat of a filter on what you're projecting to the rest of the world you probably want to i don't know talk to people and say is this the is this what we want to actually the information we want to put out there um i don't know about every single thought that comes into his head being basically broadcast to the whole world i think the com- especially the com- especially trump well, like his every thought he has which is ridiculous. well the comparisons that you have like cuz i mean he's kept his what real donald trump handle yet he's still got the potus handle you know out there potus 45 or whatever it is if you actually compare the two it's it's almost laughable because here you've got trump again tweeting like a teenager basically like lol just went and saw a movie it was shit don't go and see it and then you've got over it like potus 45 the president attended a movie screening today see what he had to say (laughs) with britney spears i don't know like it's just it's so like one's so official and one's just like fuck the movie it was shit yeah, it's uh, it's ridiculous. I, I saw a thing like South Park creators, and they were saying how hard it is to to satire Trump because he's basically a, a satire of himself. Mm. Like he's he's it's 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 too hard. It's so ridiculous that a reality TV star is the president of the United States. It's kind of there's nowhere to go from there. Yeah, it's it's well. I mean, Kanye West. I mean, if he gets in. Um. Oh. <laughs> Kanye. I mean, we, I think it's funny that people keep saying this. Oh, there's no way, you know, we've hit rock bottom. I, I, I guarantee you when Honey Boo Boo is president in like 20 years time, people are going to yeah. be like, holy fuck, we, we were wrong. <laughs> like, bring back yeah, Trump. Yeah, everyone's just like, everyone's bring back Bush yes. now. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't imagine in that. the 80s. I mean, Ronald Reagan. I mean, like, oh, yeah. you know, back to the future, you know, the actor. You yeah. know, like, I mean, that would have been a huge thing back in the 80s when he became president. Now we've got Trump. I mean, again, who is next? It's it's scary to think who is next. Yeah, it's, it is a bit of a downward trajectory. I, I think. mean, love, love or hate <laughs> Australia's political system, at least you, look, I can't just tomorrow be like, I've got $50 billion, I'm running for prime minister. I mean, I've got to kind of become a member of a political party. Yeah. I've got to well, get the well, leadership. Tried that, <laughs> we did, true. That's, that's a good point. But I guess he didn't really have the kind of... Um, uh, the notoriety that Trump had, no. I guess Trump was Trump's kind of infiltrated all points of uh, of media and entertainment. Really, if you go back to like appearing on Home Alone, <laughs> in wrestling, yeah. so he had he had this fan. He had he was known to all these kind of uh, these people beforehand. I guess it's very easy for people to just say, "Oh yeah, I recognise that guy. I'll vote for when him." When that was on TV over Christmas, and that scene comes along, and he's Macaulay Culkin in the Plaza Hotel. Yeah. You know, excuse me, where's the lobby? Oh, there's just the future president of the United States of America. Just you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like I'm sure if you go back, I've never seen a Ronald Reagan film. I don't know what he was like as an actor. I'm right. going to say that, but I mean, you know, it's not like Barack Obama's floating around in an episode of Full House or something like that, you know. Yeah. Well, well I, I read um, a few months ago American Psycho and he pops up in that so much. He's, so, he's referred to so often in American Psycho right. as if Donald Trump is kind of like the uh, 
the ideal of <laughs> essentially all the people who work on Wall Street, who they're trying to be, basically, wow. Donald Trump. Wow. So, okay. it says a lot about... Well, of course, he was, in a, he was in a porn film, a softcore porn film, and uh, his oh, wife geez. also did porn. So, uh, <laughs> I mean... That's. I mean, I, do we ever talk about it? What's his wife's name? Melina or Mel, Mel, Mel something rather? Melania. Melania. That's Melania. it. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, gone are the days of oh, Michelle Obama. What a class act. How fan. Even Laura Bush got, you know, attention. Like it's kind of like yeah. we just want to forget that Trump's. And you, you can tell as soon as he's not president anymore, they're getting a divorce in a few years. Like as if he's going to stay with her forever. Probably. Yeah. I he'll just trade in. I guess. <laughs> yes, it's exactly. His, his I was president. Um, <laughs> And you just know that Trump's going to live until he's 120 because yeah. he's, he's just one of those people, I guess. But um, it's, this is the, the funniest thing. I remember when I was in America and in the days following the fact that he was elected and just everyone is in shock, I remember saying to people, like, I went to a, I went to a high, uh, middle school assembly and the lady I was with, I remember turning to her and said, you do realise that now that Trump's been elected, there's going to be Trump high school, Trump middle school, you know, there's going to be a yeah. Trump airport one day, the Trump aircraft carrier. Like, I mean, they, they love their presidents in America. They name everything after their presidents. Yeah. And like, can you just think of all these things in the future that there's going to be Trump everything? And, and it's because not because he's a billionaire, there's already Trump everything now, but the fact that he yeah. was president. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Exactly yeah. that. It just it still it still just makes my head spin. Yep. I think. Well, I mean, one of the okay. things, funny things, kind of leading into something quickly to talk about. He, uh, the Super Bowl, of course, was during the week, and he was at a, a viewing party uh, in Florida, I believe. And I mean, obviously, uh, the Falcons were winning so much. He walked out. He was like, no, nah, not watching this. Apparently, he's a Patriots fan. Didn't know. I thought he'd be a, a Jets or a Giants fan, given that he's a New Yorker. But apparently, he goes for the Patriots. Um, and then, of course, he had to come back because the Patriots came back. Uh, I mean, look, I, talking about it, you, you don't really care for American football, I gather. But, I mean, it's just, I think it's funny that we had all these celebrities. I mean, they're essentially Carlton supporters. They just walk out when they're losing um, and don't want to see the end of it. I think Mark Wahlberg did the same and the vice president did the same at the actual game. Uh, the Patriots came back. They won it. Uh, I mean, as an Essendon supporter, Paul, do you have you ever walked out of a game or turned it off only to be left, you know, red-faced from the fact that they've come back later on? Uh, no, I haven't done that because I'll usually watch it all the way through. I kind of... I, I think it's disrespectful. If, if you actually enjoy the sport, you would watch it to the end. If you just do it because you just enjoy seeing your team win, then <laughs> I guess you you would do that. But, I, I mean, every so often I'll probably not not watch the end of a game if we're getting thrashed by like a hundred points and it's just piling on. Mm. Um, yeah. I, well, I mean, but yeah, I, I can definitely see Trump being a Patriots fan though, because they've been majorly successful, haven't they? In the past decade uh, or so. Like that. Look, look, to be honest and, and to all our listeners in Boston, and I'm sure there's none of you. Um, I'm really sick to death of your, your city winning sporting titles. Seriously. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, never been to Boston. I maybe know a few people from there, great, but, you know, the fact that I think you're the only city in the last 10 years that all of your teams have won all each of the four major league sports in the States, it's getting ridiculous. Stop winning. Yeah. I, I can see Trump being a bandwagon supporter, though. He, if he was Australian, he'd barrack for Haw either Hawthorne or Geelong or Sydney if he was strong. I'd say Hawthorne or Sydney. I don't see him a Geelong supporter. I mean, there's just still something to me about Geelong with all the success they've had. They're still kind of humble Geelong supporters, whereas mainly Hawthorne supporters, let's just put it out. They're all dark. They're all dark. <laughs> The whole team, yes. bunch of duckers, them, except for Dangerfield. Them and West Coast. Now, I mean, you don't, you didn't care at all about the Super Bowl. I'm guessing. 
Uh, not really. I've never. I've just never really gotten into it. I pro- I'm sure that there's a lot to it. Once if you knew all the nuances and subtleties of the game, then there'd be a lot to enjoy. But I just haven't ever really um, tried to. So I yeah didn't really have any interest. And in I it. could imagine you were absolutely thrilled at the Lady Gaga halftime performance. Oh, probably <laughs> not as thrilled as Mike Pence. If we're gonna go with that, who's I'm sure he loved it. But um, no, I, I hear that lots of people were talking about. Um, her, her her stomach was exposed or something, and lots of people were saying, "Oh, she's flabby or yeah, something." Yeah, there was a bit of talk. Which, yep, yep. Which is just ridiculous. I mean, isn't she? She's supposed to be a musician. She's not a model. Yeah, well, true. I mean, the thing with Lady Gaga. I mean, whether you like or dislike her music, I mean, you know, and I know clearly you would very much dislike her music. But she, I mean, she's still one of these artists who she. I mean, she pretty much writes her stuff and does all her stuff, and she sang live and all this sort of stuff and blah blah blah. I'm not getting into that, but I mean, yeah, I mean, so what? She had a bit of flab. I mean, who cares? She still, I think she looked great. You know, I mean, she went out there and fun in front of, you know, I think like 110 million people watched it. I mean, that's a pretty big audience. So, you know, good on her. Yeah, I think if anything, it makes her more likable. The fact that she's willing to show a, a flabby stomach or something that <laughs> just makes it more real. That's that's more relatable. Show more flab. Yeah, she's she's not she's not trying to you know be a Yeah, well exactly. Exactly. There you go. Everybody out there, just show a bit of flab and um yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else? Uh, sad news during the week. I got a bit, uh, I mean, you and I obviously being Survivor fans, I got a bit worried there for a while because I sort of logged online and saw a lot of people posting rest in peace Richard Hatch. And I was like, holy shit, no, oh. no. Like, what the hell? But uh, sadly, that. the Battlestar Galactica actor called Richard Hatch died. So, you know, still sad. Okay. But that's... <laughs> I didn't know if you yeah. saw that during the week. <laughs> no, I didn't. But that would have been a huge loss. But yeah, I'm glad that didn't happen. Well, I mean, sad that. So, and sorry for any Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, absolutely. Fans. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure that Richard Hatch was a very talented actor and a great guy. I'd, I'd never seen or heard of him until that point. <laughs> and I'm not trying to laugh at his death. But seriously, for Survivor fans, we were like, fuck, like, Richard Hatch. Wow, and then it's yeah. like, oh, okay, it's okay, it's the other one. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if you've ever had your name confused for for anything else. Uh, I don't know if there's other Paul Luttrells out there who get credit for things that people thought were you. Or you think there would be? Because I mean, Luttrell. It's it's. I mean, it's not super common name, but it's reasonably common. And Paul is a pretty common name, but. I don't know, I don't think there are too many Paul Luttrells, at least not in Tasmania. Maybe there's a couple of others. I've been constantly confused for this other Ben Waterworth who works for the Herald Sun. Uh, It's ridiculous, to be absolutely honest with you, because... Um, same, yeah, same profession. Well, I mean, even before kind of he... We both worked under News Corp. It was even before then. He won a competition... Uh, to go to the AFL Grand Final, and I think it was through like the Na- the National Australian Bank. So of course they've tagged on their Facebook like, "Congratulations, Ben Waterworth, you're going to the AFL Grand Final." So I've woken up. There's like ten messages and tags on my wall going, "Ben, wow, awesome, you're going to the Grand Final." I'm like, "Holy shit, what the fuck have I done?" And it's like, "Oh, him." And then when like I'm at the when I'm working under News Corp, you know, of course I have to have the number two in my name because he's Ben Dot Waterworth. I'm Ben Dot Waterworth. And then he'll write an article or something for like the Big Bash website or afl.com.au and I'll get a random message. Oh, Ben, great article. I really agree with what you said about Collingwood. And I'm like, no idea what you're talking about, but thanks. And even recently I had one of my, uh, an uncle of mine who I hadn't seen in a very long time came up to me and they're like, oh, that was a, that was a really great interview you did with Alan Border. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I read it online. It was really, really good. And I'm like, 
wasn't me, but thanks. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's freaky. It's like, it'd be like if there's another Paul Luttrell uh, musician or a runner or a teacher. I mean, you would just be like, what the hell's going on yeah. here? Well, at least they're, they're, they're doing something that's a positive thing. <laughs> if it was someone who was, you know, a serial killer or something well, like that, couldn't, wouldn't be too I fun. couldn't imagine all the um, the Martin Bryants out there after 1996 yeah. have really led a good life or the other Osama Bin Ladens no. perhaps out there. Or... I, can't, I can't imagine their uncles coming up to them and going, oh, yeah, I really love the way you murdered those people. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it would just be kind of awkward if you went into like a shop or something like that name. Yeah. Martin Bryant. Sorry, what? Martin Bryant, get out of my shop. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, yes, maybe maybe that's what we need to do on this show or other shows is just be like, hey, we've got Brad Pitt on the show. Like, awesome. This is awesome. So good. And we just find a guy <laughs> called Brad Pitt and be like, sup, what's like being Brad Pitt? You know, yeah. not false advertising. Good. good mark. <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's Brad Pitt. I guess it's a good marketing ploy. Maybe, maybe I should... Uh change my band name or Do something it. to Lady Gaga. <laughs> exactly. Fla- Lady Gaga. Flabby Gaga or, you know, <laughs> let's call yourself like the, the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. The Beatles are back performing live in Hobart. <laughs> you would, you know, and then just like recruit somebody. Oh, this is our new lead singer, Michael Jackson. <laughs> you know, it's a win-win. Do you think you could just have like the Beatles reunion tour or something? That's your whole band yep. name. And people, everyone thinks you're on a Beatles reunion tour, but it's actually just... Your band is called Beatles Reunion well, Tour. Well, isn't that what The Who did when they called themselves The Who? Because everybody was like The Who, and so they just went with it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, everyone was so curious that they came That's along, actually a brilliant idea, Paul. I like that. I'm going to start a band. I'm going to steal your idea. I'm going to call my, ourselves yeah. The Beatles Reunion Tour and just go around. Yeah. See how many people turn up. Advertising live, The Beatles Reunion Tour. How you going, everybody? I'm Paul. This is Ringo. This is... <laughs> <laughs> just happen to all be the same names uh anyway yes uh it's always fun i'm sure we will talk about more stuff next week and uh thank you for joining us once again here on the brink yep good fun live performance memory time right now let's go back to 2014 and hear from one of our good friends elephants local singer songwriters performed many times on the show over the years and this is her live version of her song the poet again performed in 2014 on the brink. Let's listen to it right now. Hidden gold mines amongst hidden mines. I can't tell the difference half the time. It's not what's in the way It's what's in line It's not what's underneath It's what you find But if I am such a burden And you are so divine Why are you a poet and I? I'm just the rhyme You are only breathing Down my neck Cause you are wanting me 
to double check. But how much longer can I close my eyes to a troubled anchor in disguise? 'Cause if I am just a hurdle in your hundred meter race, and why do you stop to pick me up when you've kicked me down in my face? Because of you are the poet, I am your rhyme. You've spun me around your head too many times, too many times. I know I go a little crazy sometimes, and I'm sorry for not being sorry. You create your own way to count the time. But it's not by hours; it's your state of mind. And you are trying hard to disconnect, but the puzzle pieces are perfect. 'Cause if this is not in writing, and your secrets are confined, why? Are you the poet, and I am just the rhyme? Thank you. Some strange reason we have this person back again. I don't even know why, and I'm not even going to bother to say anything stupid or funny. I'm just going to say his name, and he'll talk. Dakota Leary. Well, maybe he won't talk. I don't know. Let's try that again. Dakota Leary. Hey. Hey. What's up? What's up? Not. Uh, said that at the same time. Did we? Um. I think so. Well, I don't know because of the lag and stuff. But who knows? <laughs> um. Well, what's up with you? Decided to try and kill any monarchs this week at all, or just living a normal well, life? No, nah, I think I, I I thought about it, but thought oh, it's going to be a bit too difficult. So right, just thought you'd chill yeah, and with, be fifteen and shit and whatever. Um, eighteen, yeah, eighteen. Mm. Cool. All right. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Um, I've got a bone to pick with you. Actually, I think actually a you bone. you might be to blame for something that happened during the week. Um, you are Glenorchy's Youth Citizen of the Year, or whatever the hell that thing is that you you won. Um, I know where you're going with this. Well, I mean the the council's gone now, Dakota. We live in Glenorchy without a council for six months. I mean, what did you do? It's the council's still a thing. Just the aldermen aren't, you know, there. <laughs> well, I mean, to, just coincidence much? You become Young Citizen of the Year and the council goes to shit. What have you done? Well, look, I can't comment on what I've done, what I haven't done. Um, I just, you know, I've pulled some strings and um, the wrong ones. <laughs> Clearly. And, um, you know, it's all gone to shit, hasn't it? Like, it has. Yeah. Do you have to so, renounce your you know, title as a Young Citizen of the Year now that they're they're not there anymore? I mean, no, I don't. <laughs> Are you and sure? If I did, I wouldn't. 
I'm positive. <laughs> so this isn't like, you know, an Olympian who gets found out they've been on drugs a few years later, you've got to return the medal, like, the council doesn't <laughs> exist. That would have been don't do the judging, so... Who does do the judging, judging, Dakota? Who judged you to win that? Look, I don't know. Some idiot. <laughs> um, wow. They give you an award and you just call them an idiot. Nice job. Yeah, well, that's how I roll, isn't it? Yeah, apparently... Apparently it is. Yeah, well. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who does the judging. Some some random. Some random. Okay, cool. I mean, I well, suppose they have some sort of importance, but I don't know. So, like, I mean, if you were to next year move to, I don't know, the, the Clarence City Council and win the same award, I mean, is that, that <laughs> council going to get, you know, disposed as well? Oh, I mean, what is this just the Dakota Leary effect? Look, I can't promise anything, <laughs> but, um, you know, um, don't, don't want to comment on my future future goals or anything like that like, really you don't you know we just just see how where life takes me okay and where's life taking you yeah. at the moment dakota i mean what, what's this trip called life where where are you going where's destination dakota it's taking me to the oven where <laughs> i have found some potato gems <laughs> wow wow so this is like life commentary right now with dakota leary okay so what, what are the what are the potato gems looking like are they are they looking crispy um, and nice they're potato and jemmy. Right. Okay. Are they cooked mm, or are they crispy. just, you have to turn them to make sure that they get crispy no, they on both are, sides? No, they are cooked. They, they are, are cooked. cooked. Okay. Yeah, they are out of the oven. Yep. They're fully out of the oven. Mm-hmm. About to put them on a plate. Nice. Spread tomato sauce all over them and shove them in my gob. Cool. So, I mean, no professionalism whatsoever. You thought, oh, I'm just doing a podcast. Who gives a shit? I'll eat. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter what it sounds like. It's only Ben. It's only the Brink. I mean, you know, who gives a crap? I've got rid of the council. Let's get rid of the, the Brink podcast by eating potato gems on air. Exactly. Mm, okay, cool. So that's dinner, is it? That's potato <laughs> gems. Just that's it. Nothing um, else. No, I've got some, like, got some dim sims. <laughs> oh, were they crap. given to you? Were they Were they provided to you by listeners? Remember that? Um, yeah, that was a good day. That was a good day. No day has ever matched that day. How good was that day? Like, seriously. That was a freaking awesome day. You know, yeah. I mean, just to be chilling in a radio studio, be like, fuck, yeah. I want some Dim Sims. And five minutes yeah. later, here, have some Dim Sims. Some guy brings you Dim Sims. Thanks, yeah. random listener. Oh. You know, I mean, we could try that right he now, was, but I mean, people are listening to this like five days after we've recorded it. So, yeah. you know, that'd be pretty gross Dim Sims by then. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine your potato gems wouldn't be nice after five. I mean, I don't know. I've never eaten potato gems five days after I they've mean, been cooked. surely they'd buy fresh ones. <laughs> well. Like they wouldn't go into a store and be like, hey, can I get Dim Sims from five days earlier? Well, I mean, Thanks. you don't know how long they sit in those Bay Marie's for. It depends on the shop you get them from. Like, you know. That's- um, That's true. I I don't know many different shops where you get dim sims from. I mean, there's plenty. It's Hobart. We're a dim sim eating city, but um, <laughs> you know, I don't know many shops that sell five day old dim sims. Well, you really haven't gone into much exploration of their. Um, Obviously, I'm know. clearly not foodie enough, am I? <laughs> well, no. You're eating potato gems and dim sims. <clears throat> I would say not really up there on the uh, the top, you know, level of foodies, Dakota. Mate. Potato gems are like godlike. <laughs> godlike. So you think God they himself are. eats potato gems? Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. He loves them. Does he? Just sitting around. Yes. Shit, I'm good. I've yeah. created everything. I'm God. Oh man, I could use some potato gems right now. He he gets hungry. And he's like bloody Gabriel. Bloody make me some potato gems, mate. <laughs> Gabriel's like, no, I do it yourself. And he's like, I'm your dad, mate. <laughs> do it. And Gabriel's like, oh sake i don't want to and he's like do it or i'll cast you down with satan 
<laughs> and then, um, yeah, Gabriel made him some potato gems. So if God eats potato gems, if God eats potato gems, does Satan eat like potato nuggets? I mean, what does God, Satan eat? Satan eats Brussels sprouts. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah. Brussels sprout gems. That they didn't really take yes. off, did they? <laughs> no, no. It's interesting, isn't it? Stuff. How you have potato gems, potato chips, potato wedges. You know, potato the every person fruit, uh, vegetable even, not even a fruit. But like, I mean, yeah. where's the where's the call? Like, you know, parents want you to eat your Brussels sprouts. They want you to eat your broccoli. And where's my broccoli gems? Where's my my, my Brussels sprout wedges? You know, that could get kids to eat them. Would it though? Well. I don't know. A potato, a potato chip and a potato gem still tastes like a potato. <laughs> so you'd think that a Brussels sprout gem or a broccoli <laughs> chip would still taste like broccoli and Brussels sprout. But on that, chicken-flavoured chips do not taste like chicken. Mm. Mm, tomato sauce okay, does not me, taste like there. tomato. Got me there. Mm. Got me there also. Corn chips don't taste like corn. Look. Shut up. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about broccoli and Brussels sprout gems. And is, is, we're not talking about chicken-flavoured potato chips. Is that how you got oh, rid of the council? Yeah. You just walked in there and they're like, Dakota, you're the young citizen of the year. Please just, you know, save us. And you're just like, look, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, That's, pretty much. That's how it worked? Seriously? That simple? Yeah. You know? Look, yep, shut up. Pretty much. Good. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, Told them to stop their bickering and... <laughs> Okay. Stopping um, children. What else has happened this week? Come on. This stuff has happened. Bit of work. Yeah, cool. Had some work. How's that? Made some coffee and stuff. Yeah. All right. Was it good? Um, yeah, it was fine. Did you um, Did you serve the coffee good? Yeah, it was... Yeah, served it up, mate. Yep. What's your favourite yep. coffee to serve someone, Dakota? Favourite coffee to serve someone? Mm. I mean... I like making lattes. Oh, good, um, good, good choice. Who doesn't? Thanks, thanks, mate. You're welcome, mate. Appreciate that. Yeah. Cobber, mate. Pal. Yep. <laughs> cool. We've hit. Um, we've hit peak podcast right now. We've hit it right now. Yeah. This is the peak of podcasting. We're talking about lattes and making them for people and potato gems. You know, you know when like, <laughs> yeah, like talking to like a tourist. Yes. And they're like, oh, you're Australian, are ya? And they're like, and you're like, yeah. And they're like, put on an Australian accent for us. And you're like, I have one. Daily conversation. Happens to me every day. Like, yeah, no, it's like, well, like, put on an Australian accent. And you, they're expecting you to go, g'day, mate. But like, you already have an Australian accent. Like, So, like, it's like double Australian. Double you're Australian. You're putting on an Australian accent. Right, okay. Double Australian. No, but we already... Like we already have a, we already have an accent, but we just can't like hear it because like. Did you ever think that you didn't have an accent? Nah. I remember when I was younger, I used to say to my mum, I said, "Mum, why do we speak normally and everybody else speaks different?" I thought we spoke. I thought we were the only ones in the world that just spoke like people should speak. And then, no, we sound Australian because that's where yeah. we're from. Apparently, yeah. Mm. But then, you know, we try and make ourselves sound Australian so we just sound stupid. You know you know what is funny is when you are overseas and you're you know, you're in America, you're speaking the same language, but they have this look on their face when you say a word which I mean, I'm saying tomato. I mean, hello, that's just a standard word. And they look at you like what? Why did you say? I'm like, oh, sorry, tomato. Tomato. Like, yeah. I mean, come on, it's an accent. Uh, uh, you know. I, yeah, surely they'd figure it out. I mean, I'm right. sure when people ask for no tomato in their latte, you don't look at them and go, uh, what? 
why would I put a tomato in a latte in the first place anyway? Although... <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever floats your boat. I'm sure that's a thing somewhere. Tomato in latte. Is it? Is it a thing? I don't think it'll ever be a thing, ever. Well, I mean, it could yeah. be. I mean, whoever thought that salted caramel would be a thing, and now you just can't get rid of that. I mean, yeah, but tomato is different. Who, who thought of that? Who was like, I like caramel, I like salt, let's mix them together. You have salted caramel, and now it's Maybe it's everywhere. It. He probably just spilt the salt and was like, yeah, right, give it a try. <laughs> Fuck, this is like, the best oh thing God. ever. Yeah. Salt exactly. and caramel. Great. Yeah. So, yeah. Does that mean like sugar um, and Brussels sprouts could be a thing going back to that? No, well, I don't know. <laughs> don't know about that. I'm disturbing you from your gym eating, aren't I? <laughs> a little bit. But, there's, you know, there's like, there's cat poo, there's cat poo coffee. Yes, yes. I, I, I was like, there are cat poo gems. Like, what? Yes, no, cat poo coffee. I, we've had this discussion yes, yeah. before. Yes, yes. Have we? I think we, one of our ice hockey commentaries, oh, we when to, we didn't yeah. talk about ice hockey, we were talking about cat poo. So, well, yeah. I mean, that's what you oh, do yeah. when you commentate. When did we ever talk about ice hockey? Well, I don't know. Like, they just bring us along. That's just an excuse for us to talk shit, yeah. to be honest. You know. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Why do they have us there? Like, well, I mean, they don't really have us there. We decide to go. I mean, if we didn't show up, a, the world would still point. keep going on. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, that is a good point. The, the Van Diemen's League doesn't get cancelled if we don't show up. I mean, I think we only showed up to like four oh. games last year. So, you know, yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, was there was there a point with know. your cat poo coffee, or were you just trying to be smart? Um, I was gonna tell you all about it, but we already know all about it. We do. So. Cats poo. Yeah. You make coffee out of it, and it's like shit. This is yeah. good shit because it's literally good shit because yeah. it's shit. No, but is it good shit? Don't have a try. Have you? I, I I couldn't comment. It might be shit shit. I mean, it could I haven't be. I tried it either, but you know. I mean, I wouldn't want to try it. You wouldn't. I mean, what if I said to you right now, Dakota? I made you a latte. I didn't tell you what it was. I just said this is just international roast. I got it from Coles. And you were like, fuck, this is this is good. This is good shit. And I'd be like, literally, it is shit. That's cat shit you're drinking. And you'd be like... Pfft. Yeah, and, and I'd be... Pfft. Yeah, exactly. But what if it's, like, the best thing ever? Like, seriously, this is the it's, thing. Like, if I, what if you did a shit right now and if you ate that piece of shit, it was, like, the best thing you've ever eaten? But you wouldn't know that because it's a piece of shit. You wouldn't eat that piece of shit, would you? So, I mean, for all we know, shit could be the nicest thing anyone ever eats because it's, like, a mixture of all the food that you've already digested so it could taste amazing but it nobody will eat it because it's shit <laughs> um <laughs> there's yes. a pondering thought why not yeah you know um look i'm sure the great philosopher plato once thought that too <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, stuff's got to... Like, don't you just think about things, Dakota? Like a cake. Let's 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 be logical. I do think of things. Let's be logical. But... A cake, right? A cake is a mixture of shit. Like, not actual shit, but it's like flour, it's sugar, it's eggs, it's flavouring. You put it in the oven, Bob's your uncle, you have a cake. At what point in history did Jim Smith, the baker man, go, fuck, I'm going to put a couple of tablespoons of flour in a bowl, I'm going to add a bit of egg, going to add a bit of this, that, and everything else, maybe I'll put it in the oven, and shit, fuck, it's a cake. Like, who, who, like, that's something that you just don't think of on the spot. It's not, but, <laughs> I, I, look, I don't know, I'll look it up, hold on, let me look up, buddy. <laughs> look it up, who invented a cake? cake? I mean, like, things like coffee I can understand, because, you know, the juice and shit and, like, tobacco that accidentally catches fire and, like, I mean, things like that, fair enough. But, like, a cake, you know, it's it's a it's a thing. It's, it's I mean, I, I'm baffled, Dakota. I just think of things like that sometimes. I mean, surely he was like, oh, flower. Right? I mean, who says it's a he? It could what have been is... a she. Look, surely the human being said... <laughs> Oh, flower rises. What if I had chocolate to said flower? <laughs> oh, look at that. Chocolate. Yep. That has risen. 
What if what if you made form. a cake out of potato gems? I mean, that could be the best thing ever. Maybe. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, let's be honest. Do you want a chocolate potato gem? Yes. Cool. Really. So are you like literally trying to find out? Because I mean, this is just not planned. I mean, we can just totally just do this um, next well, week. My phone's not turning on. Well, there you go. What a but shame. Somehow you I'm know, still Dakota Lyra can't to you. turn things on. That's not exactly new. Uh, it's fine. Like we can ponder, put it out there into the universe. We've already hit peak podcast. It's now in the downward spiral. We can leave it and maybe take a week, come back and go like, hey, there we go. That's how we made a cake. Yeah, right. Cool. We'll, we'll tell everyone. I mean, even tomorrow I can just, because I'll be on edge, won't I? Well, at the time of recording, yes, but you just completely dated this podcast by saying that because they're hearing this a few days after it. But hey, whatever. It's Dakota. Oh, rip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to leave you at your potato gems. Have fun with them and I'm sure we'll find shit to talk about. Don't don't go getting rid of any other councils between now and next week, okay? Just just calm down. Oh, I'll do my best. I will do my best. I'm in trouble for not having this segment on the show last week, so it's time to bring it back. This is news. That's right, the segment where we tell you stories that don't sound true, but, well, they're actually true. This week, they're brought to you by Sky News. This is where we are getting our stories from, and we're going to start with everybody's favourite person at the moment, Donald Trump, sort of. Well, at least in the Dominican Republic, they don't really know who Donald Trump is because a newspaper has mistakenly used a photo of Alec Baldwin impersonating Donald Trump instead of the actual US president himself. Now, the Hollywood actor is uh, getting a lot of praise and uh, comments, I guess, at the moment for his uh, frequent visits on Saturday Night Live impersonating uh, Donald Trump. And the newspaper uh, has used the picture next... uh, The newspaper, I should say, called El Nacional, uh, used a picture of Alec Baldwin as Donald Trump next to a picture of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. And the caption on the photo read, Donald Trump, President of the USA. And this was in El Nacional's Friday edition about Israeli settlements. Uh, Now, the story carried a headline in Spanish that read, Trump says settlements in Israel don't favour peace. And the newspaper has admitted the mistake on page 19, went unnoticed by its staff, releasing a statement saying, Apologises to its readers and anyone else who felt affected by the publication. I'm I'm not sure if people were really complaining that much. I mean, it's Donald Trump. They don't really care. Uh, At the end of the day, they probably would much rather Alec Baldwin as Donald Trump as the president anyway. So um, there you go. The fact that it made news around the world, and we're talking about it here in Australia, from the Dominican Republic, um, maybe that just means people are going to buy their newspapers more. Who knows? Um, Now, a study has come out during the week that has uh, basically uh, come out with conclusions as to why uh, women turn heads on the dance floor, and apparently it's all down to the hips. Now, scientists at Northumbria University use motion capture technology to record the movements of young women dancing to a drum beat, which would have been a very interesting, uh, no doubt, research project. Their movement patterns were then rendered as 39 computer avatars removing all their physical features before 200 people watched 15-second clips and rated their dance moves. The study was published in the Scientific Reports Journal and it identified those getting higher scores for their dancing exhibited three types of movement when they strutted their stuff, greater hip swing, more asymmetric movements of the thighs, and intermediate levels of arm movements. Now, report author Dr. Nick Neve 
who is an associate professor of psychology at the university, in case you were wondering, said dance moves have two functions for women. And this kind of sounds a lot worse than I probably think he's trying to uh, say this. He told the New York Times, one is they're showing off their reproductive quality, perhaps their hormonal status to males. Okay, and another is they're showing off how good they are to female rivals. When you look at males and females walking, the key difference is males have this shoulder swing and females have this hip swing. He added that asymmetric limb movements could also signal good motor control. So there you go, folks. If um, next time you're out and you're watching people dance, clearly women are doing it to show off their reproductive quality, according to Dr. Nick Neve. So I'll just leave you uh, think about that one. Sad news throughout the week. Um, the world's oldest fish has died. Uh, the reported oldest fish. A lung fish, uh, 90 years old, at the Shedd Aquarium in Chicago, had to be euthanized after losing interest in food and showing signs of organ failure. The fish, called Grandad, weighed 11 kilos and had been seen by more than 100 million people since arriving in Chicago from Australia in 1933. He was believed to be in his teens at the time, meaning he could have been in his 90s or possibly even beyond the century mark at the time of his death. A Shed Aquarium spokeswoman admitted Grandad's exact age was unknown, but that he was believed to be in his big 90s. Now, lungfish can apparently live for longer than 100 years old, a protected species here in Australia, and have existed for nearly 400 million years, according to this story by Sky. Uh, fossil records showing that they have basically remained unchanged for the last 100 million years. Two native, uh, they're native, I should say, to rivers in, uh, in Queensland and have a single primitive lung and are among the few fish that can breathe air. So there you go. Uh, the, the president of the Shed Aquarium, Bridget Coughlin, uh, said, I don't know why I'm laughing, it's not funny, for a fish who spent most of his time imitating a fallen log, he sparked curiosity, excitement, and wonder among guests of all ages who would hear his story and learn about his incredible biology that makes his species a living fossil and one of the oldest living vertebrae genera on this planet. Now, I've been to the uh, Shed Aquarium uh, about seven years ago, and I can honestly say I cannot remember seeing Grandad. Sad. Otherwise, I would have paid my respects a little bit more. So, rest in peace, Grandad. What a tragedy that is. Well, the fact that they can euthanize a fish. Um, I mean, look, I'm no vet. I'm sure you can euthanize any animal. I'm sure you can euthanize any living creature. But I mean, do they do they give it a needle? Do they catch it on a on a hook and basically then eat it? I I, I really couldn't tell you. But um, yeah, okay. Uh, all right, uh, another study. We love studies uh, here on the brink. Uh, people who cannot bear sounds such as chewing or breathing may have a brain abnormality, according to researchers. There you go. If you're listening to this and you hate certain sounds, perhaps the sound of my voice, you have a brain ab- abnormality. Uh, misophonia is a condition where a person reacts extremely negatively to certain sounds that most people take little or no notice of, such as pen clicking or someone eating, or maybe the brink. When exposed to the noises or trigger sounds, sufferers can respond with an intense fight-or-flight reaction. Scientists at Newcastle University found a difference in the frontal lobe of the brain of misophonia sufferers, suggesting the condition is genuine, contrary to some previous scepticism. Trigger sounds prompted changes in brain activity that caused the sufferer's brain to go into overdrive. They also found that misophonia... See, I keep saying it differently. I can't even pronounce it. You know what I'm trying to say. Sufferers sweated and experienced an increased heart rate when they heard the offending sound 
pronouns, according to an article in the journal Current Biology. What a what a ripping read that is, as opposed to old biology. I much prefer current biology. Uh, Dr. Sukhminder Kumar from the Institute of Neuroscience at Newcastle University said, This study demonstrates the critical brain changes as further evidence to convince a sceptical medical community that this is a genuine order, a disorder even. Um... So basically, they're saying that if you hate certain sounds, you have a mental condition. Uh, fair enough. Uh, again, if you don't like the brink, then I can easily now say, according to research, you have a mental condition. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, finally, I guess we can leave this on some good news. A new world record has been set during the week for human floating by almost 2,000 people in Argentina. Buoyed by the salty waters of Lake Epicuan in the Buenos Aires province, some 1,941 people joined hands and floated to set a new Guinness World Record. A video distributed by local authorities show huge crowds gathering at the edge of the lake before entering the water. The participants then joined hands and floated simultaneously for 30 seconds. Now, the Guinness World Records have come out and certified this stunt easily saying that it broke the world record previously set in 2014 in Moon Lake, Taiwan, where only 650 people joined hands and had to use floaties to stay buoyant. But this time around, there's so much salt in the lake, didn't have to do it, and Argentina kicked Taiwan's ass. And there's a photo here of a bunch of people laying in the water. So, um... There you go. I'm sure, I mean, that sounds like a fairly easy record to break. If you ever want to be a world record holder, um, just grab 2,000 of your mates and bugger off to the Derwent and there you go, done. Just maybe warn people first, otherwise they might think there's like a mass death or something. Anyway, that's another edition of Wow, This Is News. It's back. You're glad it's back. Let's play that with some music and uh, I'm sure it will be back next week, hopefully. Classic interview time and a bit of shameless plugging, I guess, can go along with why we're playing this one for you. 2013, we spoke to Olympic champion in freestyle aerial skiing, Lydia Lassala. Now, this was only a few months away from the Sochi 2014 Olympics, an event that she would ultimately go on to win a bronze medal in to add to her Olympic gold she won in 2010. Now, why is this shameless plugging? One of our spin-off shows, Off the Podium, an Olympics podcast that we, of course, broadcast throughout the Rio Olympics in 2016. Uh, We're in the process of tracking down some Olympians, uh, both former and current ones, and talking to them about their careers and future goals and everything else in between. Now, one such person that we are having on the show this week is, funnily enough, Lydia Lassler, who has uh, come out of some sort of, I guess, retirement slash uh, performance where she just hasn't been competing for a while and is back with the skis on and is looking forward to Pyeongchang next year, 2018 Winter Olympics. So we thought, why not replay the interview somewhere where you can hear it and then if you like Lydia which of course you do because Lydia is awesome you can head to off the podium and listen to the interview that we have with her during the week so let's go back to 2013 and listen to Lydia Lassala appearing on the brink. Thank you for having me. The Olympics as I said uh, February next year less than four months away can you believe it I mean how's the preparation going for the games? I know I think we hit 100 days today so it's really uh, coming close now and Preparation has been great, actually. I've had a really good year. I feel like I'm right where I want to be at the moment, which is a good place to be. <laughs> so um, all on track for now, and it's just a matter of staying healthy and, and ticking the boxes along the way. Mm, well, given that, uh, of course, you're going into these Olympics as the reigning champion, I mean, does that affect the mindset going into your fourth Olympics as the reigning champion rather than chasing your first medal? Um, I think it's, it's nice to have already achieved, you know, an, an Olympic gold. It, I think before I won it, it, it really consumed me, and um, 
I just wanted it so badly, whereas now, you know, I'd love to win another gold medal, but it's just nice to know that I've already got one if all fails. <laughs> well, no Australian, of course, of, uh, no Australian Winter Olympian has ever won back-to-back gold medals. So, I mean, does this possibility to become the, the first athlete to do that give you that boost to try and achieve that second one? Yeah, I haven't really thought about, you know, that. I mean, I'm always trying to break, you know, my records and, and, and also, I guess, leave my mark on the sport so that that's really my goal um and if i can do that then it's probably going to make mean i'll break a couple of other records along the way as well but you know to be honest in our sport um in freestyle skiing in that discipline no one let alone australian has ever back-to-back won a gold medal so it's um it says it's very difficult to do um, but, you know, it's definitely not impossible. Mm, well, Australia has had such a great success in, in the sport. I mean, not just at the Olympics, but, of course, at World Cups and other events over the last 15 years or so. I mean, have you found that you've got a lot more people coming up to you asking how to get involved in the sport, and is the sport really taking off a lot more now? Look, it is. It would help if we had, you know, a Nationals training centre. That's the one thing that's just holding us back at the moment, you know, our, our athletes have to invest their time and energy and travel overseas rather than training in Australia. So we really need um, a national training facility desperately and, um, you know, that's something that I initiated after the last Olympics. But unfortunately, um, we haven't got very far and we're trying to, to make that happen still. And I think that is a massive game changer that will bring more athletes to the sport and give us Australians a chance to showcase our talents, you know, on home soil rather than miles away in another country. G- given that uh, we obviously have these limited uh, facilities in the country, and as you said, a lot of people, you've got to go overseas really for the opportunities. I mean, what do you think it is about Australian that we've had so much success in this sport? Look, I think there's been a lot of thought into our programs, you know, and, and, and where our athletes train and where we place ourselves and which coaches that we employ to you know, take our programs to the next level. So I think a lot of other countries that have the facilities and, you know, have snow and have an abundance of coaches sometimes perhaps maybe get a bit complacent, whereas we really need to target, you know, the best coaches, the best facilities. And then when we do go overseas and train somewhere, we're, we're solely there for that purpose without distraction to train and focus on our sport. So in a lot of ways, you know, it's, uh, our methods have been really great. Obviously, they've worked. Um, but it is a difficult lifestyle, you know, li- living in, out of a suitcase for nine or ten months of the year. So it'd be great if we could centralise it and bring it back to Australia and give our athletes a chance to also, you know, pursue other things like education and, and career, other career options as well as being professional athletes. And I think in the end that will give us a, a lot more balanced athletes and um, a better society. Mm. Yeah. How, how do you try and sell the sport to, to young people when you speak to them? I mean, is there a specific recruiting tool that you do have to try and attract people to the sport? I think, you know, this sport isn't for everyone and it's um, an element of risk that obviously must be taken. But I think the thing that I try and push towards younger athletes wanting to get involved is that you know, there's a very it's very measured risk and, and we follow, you know, good protocol and and good safety measures to kind of progress athletes when they're ready to move on and um, we try and make something, you know, that looks so spectacular and difficult, we break it down into small steps and, and that's how our athletes learn, you know, just step by step and breaking down a big difficult tr- skill into into small achievable steps and that's, 
and that's the best kind of progression, the safest kind of progression in the sport. Do, do you have uh, the medal, Lydia, uh, in a specific place? I mean, is it something that you like to look at every now and then and think, <laughs> well, look, that's all been worth it? Yeah, look, it's a nice reminder to walk by it every day. It's just sitting on my shelf, actually. But, you know, it's um, something, obviously, uh, that's very dear to me. It's um, something I wanted for so long and and in it. You know, just looking at it, there's a lot of history in there. There's a lot of memories and moments that, you know, that uh, come flashing back to me, not just at the Olympics, but what I went through to obviously get there and get through injuries and, and stay strong. So um, it's really important for me and I like to reflect on it. It gives me courage and it gives me, you know, a boost of confidence and um, and makes me grateful, really, for what I've achieved already and for the opportunity that I that I have, you know, to pursue something that I love to do. So it's, um, it's a great place to be and uh, obviously, you know, a treasure that will never lose its, its um, shininess. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever want to take it off. I think I just want to wear it all the time. But look, everyone, Olympic gold medal. Yeah, I think I was like that at first. It did did kind of live in my handbag for about a year. So <laughs> Just at the shops. Oh, here's my money. Oh, what's yeah. this gold medal? Oh, do you want to have a look? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, uh, Sochi seems like a very unique place, of course, for the Winter Olympics. I mean, right in the Black Sea, very diverse climate. Have you had much of a chance to check out the venues at, at Sochi and, and are you looking Looking forward to uh, having this unique game. Yeah, we had the opportunity to compete there last season and um, got to compete at the Olympic venue, which is absolutely fantastic. You know, it's a really unique setup. Um, they've basically built, you know, this mountain resort and hotels and villages just have sprung up overnight, basically. So a lot of money has been invested um, and things are looking really on track there. The, the facility that we're um, competing at is kind of like the freestyle park, and so you've got the the outrun of the aerial skiing and the mogul skiing and the slope style and the half pipe all kind of merging into one finishing area. And at night time, when all the lights are on, it just you know it looks magical. So I think it's going to prove it to be a really great backdrop and um, a great city um, to host you know, these Olympics and a very memorable time. And um, I haven't had a chance to explore Sochi as much in the, in the city, but um, I've heard it's quite quite a moderate temperature down there. There's palm trees and beaches and it's uh, <laughs> definitely unique. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think the, the Russians are going to do a great job. Mm, it's certainly something interesting that you can go skiing one moment and go uh, relax on the beach uh, yeah. an hour or so later. Getting a cocktail. Yes. yes. <laughs> It's going to make a very interesting game. So after after Vancouver, you did take a bit of time off, of course, and you became a mother in, in the meantime. I mean, how have you found uh, travelling around the world for long periods of time, uh, spending so much time away from your son? Look, it's really tough. I try to take Kai um, with me um, as much as I can, so I rely on the help of my husband and, you know, my mother and my mother-in-law to, to come away with me when they can and um, help look after Kai while I'm training and competing. So without their help and that support, it just wouldn't be possible. But um, he's, you know, he's a really uh, confident and adaptive kid at the moment. He's travelled the world and he's seen so many places and he's speaking three languages. So wow. I'm really proud of how he's um, coped and, and the adventure that we've been on. It's, um, you know, hope, I mean, he's only two and a half, so he probably won't remember much of it, but <laughs> hopefully some of it just kind of gets imprinted in his head. And, you know, he's really on board. He, he knows what I do. He loves to come and watch me jump and, he knows my coaches and he watches my videos constantly. So it's um it's pretty exciting uh, to have him around and 
and a part of it is just one big ride, really. Is there a future in the sport for him, perhaps? Do you, do you want to see him become an athlete? Oh, <laughs> uh, look, I'd like to see him in a racing car or something <laughs> else, to be honest. Uh, I, look, I'd, I'd love to see him be an athlete and just judging by him at the moment um, and the energy he's got and the coordination, he's, he's probably on his way to becoming some kind of athlete, mm. just a matter of what. But I don't know if I could stomach watching him... Uh, Flying off jumps the way I do. It's, um, I don't know. I don't know how my mother let me do it. <laughs> Maybe you could um, get him yeah. get him to pull on a, a football jersey. You could play for Essendon. You'd like him watching that in the future. Yeah, yeah, that could be an option. That could be an option. Depends what country we live in. I think that's true. That's very true. Well, uh, Lydia, we always like to wrap up our interviews with a set of uh, five questions, just a bit of fun uh, and an already fun interview. Now, these will probably be the hardest questions you will get in your entire career. So, look, uh, there's no pressure on you at all, and I expect you to think of these uh, when you're on the slopes in Russia next year to help you win the gold medal, okay? so Oh, uh, good, good. Yes. They're going to be really motivating. <laughs> Very much so. And we start off with, of course, question number one. Lydia, what is your favourite type of cheese? Um, there, definitely the... Mer- I don't know if you've tried it, but it's Meredith Vale goat cheese. It comes in a jar and it's just delicious. I put it on everything. I think I've heard of it, yes. I think yeah. um, we've had that answer before. Oh, okay. But I haven't tried it yet. I've got a list. I've got like a bucket list of cheeses, which I've got to tick off slowly. I love cheese. Another one I love is um, called Cambazola. It's in the middle of a camembert and a gorgonzola, so not too bluey if you're not into blues. <laughs> ah, right. Yes, there's another one. I like the sound of that one. Uh, question number two. Uh, Lydia Lassa, when it comes to toilet paper... Are you a folder or a scruncher? Um, I'm a folder. Folder. Yes. Yes. like to keep it all neat and tidy. Yes, yes that's important. I, I need to tally up uh, all the Olympic gold medalists we've had on this show. I think I need to create a separate results tally to see whether folding or scrunching helps you win gold more. Yeah, let's see so, if there's any correlation. <laughs> yes, there might be. There might be a secret involved. Uh, question number three. Growing up, what was your dream job? Oh, I wanted to be Nadia Comaneci, so I guess I'm doing it, just not in gymnastics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of like, it's a type of gymnastics in a way, on the snow. And... Yeah, it is, it is. Well, it's acrobatic at least, yeah. so I started off in gymnastics. But... <laughs> yeah, that works, it works. Didn't, didn't end up there. <laughs> no, no, okay, well, that, that kind of works. Also growing up, uh, who was your childhood celebrity crush? Oh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, yes. Yeah. Uh, um, point Break. <laughs> ah, right. So n- not Bill and Ted, just uh, Point Break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not Bill and Ted. Definitely a no-no. But yeah, Keanu Reeves and Point Break, definitely. Well, what about when he went into the Matrix and was wearing sort of the black leather and the sunglasses? Yeah, yeah. But I, I really like his kind of. Maybe I was just going through a bit of a surfy, surfy era. <laughs> yes. So perhaps I liked it because <laughs> I understand that. And uh, <laughs> the final question for you today, Lydia Lassler, what is your worst habit? Oh. Golly, um, I get lost a lot. So, yeah, I am, I'm not a bad driver, but my sense of direction is just appalling. Like, I'm really good in the air, like a, a aerial awareness, but, yeah, point north and I've got no hope. Yeah, <laughs> just make, shocking. Make sure you go down the right ramp um, and, and then yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> make sure I find my way to the jump site in Soaksia. <laughs> yes, well, hopefully. Otherwise, I'll have to put a GPS on myself. <laughs> So that people can come and rescue me. Indeed. Well, hopefully it doesn't come to that. Of course, uh, the uh, Sochi Winter Olympics, February next year, getting very close to that one. You can uh, see more about Lydia on her website, of course, lydialassala.com.au, or follow Lydia on Twitter.
Twitter uh, at Lydia Lassler. Lydia, appreciate your time. Best of luck for Sochi, and uh, hopefully, gold medal number two will come your way. Oh, that would be great, wouldn't it? Thank you very much for having me. Let's not beat around the bush and press a button. Because that means it's time for a flashback. We're going back to 2008, a, uh, a year that we haven't really visited on this flashback segment before. And uh, last week we brought you a classic segment, uh, highlights from a classic segment we have on the show. The last week it was a complaints desk. This week we're going to do the same, the Friday Five, where we brought you five different events or things that you could do on a, on a Friday morning or the weekend or whatever. Five things that we basically would shove down your throat and say, do this, because this is what you should do. We are the brink. So let's go back to 2008 and hear Josh and myself bring you the best of the Friday Five. Friday Five. <laughs> High Five, Ben. High Five, Josh. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you could hear that on air. If not, you could probably imagine it in your head. This week is five things we have learnt in our first 100 shows. Really, that's convenient that they come up with this for our, you know. Yeah, it's great. It, it works really well. Uh, number one, never chase a cake into the Ugandan jungle, which we've apparently found out was done by Mr. A. Schwarzenegger. The plot thickens. It does. It's very interesting that that seems to have happened. Uh, number two, never let a co-host jump on an inflatable jumping castle. Now, Josh, last year when Anthony and I hosted the Brink from the Hobart show, Anthony went onto a jumping castle and killed a few kitties. So um, that's that's the message that we're trying to promote oh, there, to so not good. jump on an inflatable jumping castle. Uh, number three, that Hobart is an awesome city that deserves more recognition. It does. As you can read in it, today's Mercury. It is. Um, in the attitude section, not that we're promoting ourselves or anything. No. Uh, number four, Josh can make an awesome comeback because, you know, you used to be on the show and now you're not and then well, you weren't and there you are. That's exactly right. That's how it works. That's what a comeback is. And number five, the Brink Rocks. Yeah, boy! <laughs> oh, these things are too much fun. I think this could be the death of us, Josh. We've got streamers, listen. That's our, like, cheerleader... You know, what are they called? Like, pom-poms. Pom-poms. That's what <laughs> you I'm don't know what they I are. hear the word cheerleader and I'm in another world. Uh, so you can, like, hear that, you know. It's like, woo! Yeah, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is one cheerleader you do not want to say. Hey, I'm wearing a bra. It's got to work. <laughs> it's like being at the cricket or the song. I'm going to go back from the microphone and do this again. Bring, 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 Save that for forget the lyrics. <laughs> After the chicken. Oh, There's know. a chicken in the studio, apparently. Why is there a chicken in the studio? <laughs> Who have we lost this morning? We've lost fans of Timberland. We've lost our animal rights people. Uh, we've lost our beast people. These are all the people we've lost as listeners this morning. Anyway, the five reasons this week on Wikipedia, five reasons why the brink should be on Wikipedia, which, of course, is a very strong topic. Josh, we that, are That's full. right, then. They should put us on there. <laughs> you were about to say something really emotional was, there. You I just was, like, but I was they gonna, should put us on there. And then I would have uh, you offended more denominations of people. Number one, we are notable. Sorry, we are notable. I should reference yep. the capital. Uh, number two, we are more prominent than Derek Deer Korakove. Now, I just went to a random person on Wikipedia. <laughs> I found this dude. Tell me. What do you think Derek D. Kirkov does? I don't know. Is he a, a foot smeller? No, he's some sort of professor at some university, I think, in some European oh, country. Now, okay. So, now, so a professor mm-hmm. is more famous, like apparently more famous and mm-hmm. notable than us at the brink. Yeah, I mean, what has he done? I mean, I, I think he was from like some uh, some country that I've never heard of. Well, I've heard of my old country. I don't mean to sound mean. Um, and basically, unless this guy is like their country's Ian Thorpe, 
Bob. I'm sorry. He shouldn't be on Wikipedia. I'm reporting that page, Josh. You wait. Truth bomb to him, man. Number three, we have changed the face of a city. Has Derek done that? No. no. <laughs> Good timing there, Josh. <laughs> Number four, it's the source of all knowledge, and we are needed for full knowledge. You can't <laughs> understand everything in this world unless you okay. understand the brain. We're part of the school curriculum. How come we're not on the Wikipedia? Exactly. Exactly. Do the kids learn stuff just for the sake of learning stuff? No. What are the kids doing right now at school? Are they learning maths? No. Are they learning English? No. They're learning about the brick, Josh. They're learning about the brick. Because we invented science. <laughs> Did we? <laughs> no wonder it's so screwed up. And number five, because Wikipedia moderators are too busy wiki Nazi. What? That makes no sense. The, okay, that because Wikipedia moderators are too busy wiki Nazis. you got to say it with the wiki Nazis. Um, I still don't get it anyway. You wrote it. I did not. The web team did. The Friday Five crew did, Josh. Don't pin this on me. Thank you very much. Does George Bush write his speeches? No. All right? I am the George Bush of this studio. It's a lot more smart and a lot more powerful. <laughs> Shut up, Trevor. Uh, this week's Friday Five is five jokes you shouldn't have fallen for on April Fool's Day. That was April Fool's Day the other day, in case you yeah. didn't know. Uh, number one, that your mother was really a man. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> uh, that it was July instead of April. Uh, you have to be dumb. That Ben had accepted the job of hosting Dancing with the Stars. That is a rumor. That is a rumor. Uh, that you're really a man, unless you actually were. A man. How does that work? How's that a joke? Um, if you're a woman, but you and I, men. I think. Uh, number five yeah. is that Australia had become the 51st state of America. I'd be appalled. What a path. That's a question for you. Is it racist if we diss Americans? It's still... It's... Just, what, what, what is this? Australia debates 2008? <laughs> That's a question I'm asking you. It, 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 if, if it's offensive to another country or another race of people, then that is racism. And this is something that we don't do on the show. No, we don't. That was, it was just a question. It was just throwing it out there. Completely random. I wonder what we're having for dinner tonight. So That's just a random question. <laughs> Oh my! I, I'm just waiting for a lot of people to be like messaging or knocking on the door and be like, "Excuse me, Sunny Jim, are you dissing what?" I don't know. <laughs> that joke sounded so much funny in my head. Hey, next week isn't? Is it next week or the week after Targa starts? It's, that's a sport. <laughs> Targa. There we go. Ah, uh, see, some people don't classify motor racing as a sport. Because they reckon it's just cars driving around a circuit. You do them. Well, it's my religion, Josh. Formula One is just you know there. Anyway, I'm not getting into this sort of stuff again. So angry. Apparently, nine years ago. Um, nothing really changed, let's be honest. Uh, flashback, we'll have another one for you next week. My favourite part of the show, because I get to press this button. That time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics! Here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Forget the lyrics. Oh, you love it. We're going back to 2008 again. We may as well stay there. We were there a few seconds ago, so we're back there again. Josh and myself... Got to uh, got to sing. That's what we generally do. I forget the lyrics. It's living on a prayer. Bon Jovi. The subject matter is a whole lot of stuff to do with the brink, really, and kind of ends on a bit of a weird note when it comes to talking about bottoms. So uh, let's let's see how that went right now. Yes. You worked that introduction, did it? That sort of started. Oh, we're still on air. Show. I said shoot. <laughs> <laughs> it's clarifying that one. Oh, sorry, Tom. I'm getting started. No, I'm thinking like, oh. You think, oh. I'll, I'll tell you later. All right. All right. Tell me later. Yeah, later. This is a story about the brink not so long ago. Take it over, Josh. Benny used to be on the brink. 
But Josh almost ruined it four years ago. Oh no. I said something wrong. It was something really bad. The manager came down here and then she said, Why'd you say that for? You idiots! I said, We gotta get on the air today because the brink is on the air and we're making it all right. The brink is awesome because I'm on here with Ben. Oh, yeah! on the air, yeah, yeah, no one didn't care that I said something that was really bad, and oh yeah, the brink's on the air. Thank you Josh, I'll, I'll take it from here. <clears throat> you, you do that Ben. I came back from my trip, I said to Josh, what did you do? I used some expletives that rhymed with trip. <laughs> we won't mention that on air. <laughs> I dreamt of running away after that, but I said, no, I'm not going to run away. I'm going to stay here and we're going to make this better. Oh, better. (laughs) I said, we have to hold on to the brink because Hobart needs it. They need someone to turn to when they want something here. We created the show and after a host got eaten by a cake in the jungle, we came up with us. And we support lots of stuff. Yes, the Brink's on the air. Ben's going away, but Josh doesn't care because he has the show to himself for a couple of weeks and that means people will kiss his bum cheeks living on the Brink. Yeah, bum cheeks. Don't know how that works, but uh, hey, it was funny. I laughed. I'm sure you did too. That's it. Time to go. That's another episode done of The Brink. We appreciate your time listening to us uh, from right across the globe. And we'll be back next week, of course, for another episode. Uh, Of course, in the meantime, if you want to listen to all these other episodes and everything else in between, subscribe to our podcast via iTunes. Easiest way of doing it. Search for The Brink. Search for Ben Waterworth. It's that easy. Leave us a rating. Give us a one, a two, a three, a four, or a five, whatever you want to do. And put a comment and some feedback on there. We would appreciate that. If you don't have iTunes, head to Facebook, facebook facebook.com forward slash the brink radio show you can find our rss feed there and subscribe to your relevant podcast server or your provider and it's that simple and while you're on facebook like our page stay up to date with everything that goes along there with that and you will have a merry old time if you like the product that we put out and you want to hear more then we've got plenty of other options for you to listen to under the brink umbrella i guess uh, of course uh off the podium as i mentioned earlier in this episode we've got some olympian interviews coming throughout the week just search for off the podium on facebook and itunes you'll find it there and if you're in hobart and you want to hear me live on radio again why not high noon lunchbox with ben fridays between 12 and 2 p.m on edge radio 99.3 fm it's fun and it's live and what else could go wrong in the meantime as always thank you for listening thanks again to wooshka our podcast server if you wish to get a podcast go to wooshka they're great as i say every week and also as i say every single week keep sucking those oranges hobart and good night good night